trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table Again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues Here in Columbus and all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Dr. Lauren Bean A general pediatrician Practicing in the Cleveland area she is co-founder and executive director of Ohio Physicians for Reproductive Rights and co-leader of the nonpartisan grassroots coalition Protect Choice Ohio and the Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights Alliance. Dr. Bean is concerned that abortion restrictions will cause a medical crisis in Ohio and will disproportionately affect the most vulnerable populations, including her teenage patients and the people of color. Dr. Bean with Ohio Physicians for Reproductive Rights, Protect Choice Ohio, and Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights are working diligently toward protecting reproductive freedom via the citizen-led, ballot-initiated constitutional amendment on the November 2023 ballot. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yesterday, on July 25, 2023, 400 95,938 valid Ohio voter signatures were certified from the Ohio Secretary of State's office, meeting the requirements for citizen-led ballot initiative, the right to reproductive freedom with protections for health and safety, to be on the November 2023 ballot, where Ohio voters can vote to codify the right to reproductive freedom with protections for health and safety into the Ohio Constitution. Huge congratulations, Dr. Bean. Thank you so much. And I, you know, I'm just one person of a real army of Ohioans here. Um, this has just been the most phenomenal um, honor and experience. Um, you know, this is this is grassroots democracy in action. We are living it. We are feeling it. And it's what's carrying this issue forward um, because it's the will of the people. And so thank you. But I, I feel rather that I should be thanking everybody who who was working so hard to get us to this point. I mean, uh, we've those of us that are very, very interested in reproductive rights and freedoms um, have been following this along for quite a while. And today and yesterday is a day to celebrate, a day to be grateful and a day to take it in the win that we just accomplished. Why don't you talk about how this actually happened? Yeah. So how this actually happened, like starting from the beginning or... Okay. Yes, let's recap sure. from the very beginning. So, you know, I, a little over a year ago when the Dobbs decision passed, I went to work as a general pediatrician and I had a terrible day where I realized that my patients, you know, care was um, under attack and that they could no longer make their own healthcare decisions without government interference that to me seemed wrong. And a lot of other doctors felt the same way. And so we came together, we wrote a letter, it was signed by a 1000 doctors in the course of four and a half days published as a full page spread in the Columbus dispatch last July 2022. And that letter paved the way for what has become this movement towards amending the constitution. And so we have been um, working since then, um, creating partnerships, forming coalitions, um, 
creating a grassroots army of volunteers who are incredibly motivated and passionate just as we are about this issue. And, you know, we've had the opportunity to meet incredible people along the way that helped us draft language, um, get it through the secretary or the attorney general's office, and then go out and start collecting the several hundred thousand signatures, which was a huge undertaking that I never imagined that I would be part of. And um, But there were just so many people who all stepped up and said, I want to help. How can I help? You know, I want to help in my community. And that happened all over the state. Um, and so we were able to get, um, I think we submitted uh, 711,000 or so signatures and thanks to our incredible volunteers who uh, did a great job, um, and we had a really high validity rate. So we ended up having uh, 495 signatures, which is well up thousand signatures, which is well above that 413,000 threshold. And that that's what was announced yesterday that the Secretary of State had then has now certified um, this amendment to continue moving forward um, with the help of everyone who's been involved toward the November election. Let's talk about this alliance, because last time we spoke, it was late, late January, Mm -hmm. and it was before you formally made this alliance with the Ohioans for Reproductive Freedom. Mm -hmm. And I was asking you, why are there two? Why can't you guys work together? And I think you were working together, but you finally kicked it off with Mm -hmm. a press conference. And in that press conference was attorney Jesse Hill, Dr. Marcel Acevedo, and Dr. Mm -hmm. Sri Thakapalati. But these folks were on that press conference and gave an amazing educated brief to journalists and folks who were interested. And lots of people have been working for years and decades to protect reproductive freedoms. And um, I would like to just talk about the Ohioans for Reproductive Freedom because it's coalition of ACLU of Ohio, Abortion Fund of Ohio, New Voices for Reproductive Justice, Ohio Women's Alliance, Planned Parenthood, Advocates of Ohio, Preterm Cleveland, Pro-Choice Ohio, and Urge. Can you talk about what it was like to form an alliance with this powerful group of, of advocates and organizers? Yeah. Uh, it was wonderful. I mean, honestly, we we all have had the same goal and we've all been working, you know, nonstop um, to try to get this to move forward. And being able to, you know, do this together is it's an honor. You know, we're really um, and that's and that's how, again, gra- bringing it to the grassroots theme, you know, we're um, Ohioans. Ohio Physicians for Reproductive Rights and Protect Choice Ohio, where we really are, we have a lot of, you know, small organizations and medium and big size organizations too, I guess, that are in our, you know, that that we're in that coalition and um, being able to bring that and combine our forces um, officially and take this forward to me is just so wonderfully symbolic that this really is an issue that all the people support. Um, and those organizations have been fighting this, these battles for so long and do such important work and have just invaluable experience. So being able to now sit at the table together, um, moving this to the next phase as Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights as we move towards November uh, really feels like a, you know, an awesome uh, moment in history. And I'm honored to be a part of it. Well, I interview a lot of activists and your group, um, Ohio Physicians for Reproductive Rights and Protect Choice Ohio, um, are 
a group of activist doctors, basically. I mean, you pushed the envelope. A lot of folks were thinking about 2024, trying to be cautious, trying to be prepared, and you kept pushing. And my instincts were right on. And so as a activist myself, and as a person that talks with lots of activists, I'm grateful for push your push and for your vision that it needed to happen now. And, and, then, and, and then the amazing organizing power of ACLU and the other organizations that, that could make this logistically happen. Let's talk about the logistics of actually getting all these people, all these volunteers organized and getting the petitions. And let's start with the language first, and then we'll talk about the logistics, the language of the initiative. Mm -hmm. So the language of the initiative um, had been already in the works um, when I started working on this myself back back in the summer. Um, last spring, not this spring, but April or so of 2022, when the Dobbs decision was leaked, a uh, four really wonderful um, representatives and senators um, at the Ohio State House brought forward language um, in which they hoped to um, have a legislator-initiated constitutional amendment you know, be able to go forward. Um, But they knew that it was unlikely that that was going to be successful, given the breakdown of our Ohio State House and, you know, how they had previously voted on things. Um, And so, and that language was actually modeled off of the language that was in progress in Michigan and was very similar. and so that was the language that we started working with. Um, and those those individuals were um, Representative Lapore Hagan, Representative Beth Liston, Senator Nikki Antonio, and Representative Jessica Miranda. So they really were the people who kind of ignited this. And then I got involved and we started working with a very a, a group of diverse experts from a variety of backgrounds, including legal scholars, um, people who have you know the most extensive of experience in this and these sorts of debates in the state and people who knew what was going to hold up in courts. Um, We also had a team of uh, medical professionals. So, you know, I think that a lot of the times these laws are passed, but there isn't anybody who actually works with this law who's in the conversation. And I mean, that's really obvious if any if any physician or medical professional reads the, the six-week ban, that um, the trigger ban that went into effect, it doesn't really make medical sense. It's very obvious that it wasn't written by a physician um, and or that a physician wasn't involved. And so we were able to use our medical experience. I'm a general pediatrician. I'm not an OBGYN or an abortion provider, um, but I was part of the conversation and we had other OBGYN. OBGYNs and abortion providers who were able to help craft something that actually makes clinical sense in their world. And then we also used a lot of polling data. The language was went through, you know, just constantly being um, tweaked and changed over the course of months and months. Um, It was polled twice by um, two different polling firms. And um, we also were able to use data from Michigan. So what happened in Michigan? What what did people respond to? What did people find to be hard to understand? Or um, what didn't sit right with voters and became issues that were um, challenging to deal with? And, you know, what do the people want, basically? Um, Because what we want is we want something that's going to protect our patients' ability to access what we consider necessary medical care. And we 
also want it to be something that's in line with the values of the people of the state. And so that was our goal um, in our writing, crafting this language. All right. And where can people find this language so they can read it before um, November comes? Where can they actually read it? It's quite short. It's not a long um, amendment. Mm -mm. It's really simple. Um, People try to make it complicated, but it's really very simple. Um, So I know that we do have it on the Protect Choice Ohio website. If you go there, I'm pretty sure it's posted. You might have to, um, can't remember which tab it's under, but it it is there. Um, It's probably on the ORF site. And when we get our OURR site up, I'm sure it'll be there as well. But I do know that it is on our protectchoiceohio.com website. Excellent. All right. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about nothing happens without volunteers mm-hmm. in, in in grassroots activism. So let's talk about your volunteers. And then we'll talk about your paid signature gatherers as well. These are the folks that got these th- hundreds of thousands of signatures to pa- put this on the ballot. So yeah. how did you get all these volunteers logistically? So logistically, um, so for, I can say for the, so again, there were, you know, coalitions that were working together, but within the Protect Choice Ohio coalition, we started, we decided we were going to form a coalition. And so we started, um, we had a list of um, grassroots organizations that um, one of the people who's been working with us gave us and said, this is an amazing list of wonderful groups that might want to, might be interested in this and they have volunteers and we should reach out to them. So we emailed everybody on that list um, that we could, you know, was, of course, there are, I'm sure there are people that we didn't reach because, you know, there's so many amazing groups in the state, but we reached out to everybody that we could and we started having um, coalition building meetings. So we were having um, at least a couple times a week conversations about what was going on in Ohio, what we felt had to happen and how we wanted to do that and how we needed these groups to work with us. And so we had a lot of leaders of grassroots organizations who were coming to these meetings and then many of them agreeing to join our coalition or in and or offer their support in some way, um, much of which involved having armies of foot soldiers who were ready to go once the signature packets were printed to collect signatures. Um, so there were a variety of ways in which these organizations helped, but that, that, that was how we recruited so many volunteers. And, and honestly, you know, social media has been very helpful. We've made a lot of connections through social media. We do a lot of just sharing of information and events and telling people where they can go to sign and where they can go to volunteer to get packets or where they could volunteer to get packets to go get their friends to sign. And um, and that really, you know, by we tried to tap into already existing um organizations and their in and and their infrastructures of volunteers to all come together. Yeah, that was really, really key because People, um, ACLU was getting signatures, Planned Parenthood was getting signatures, Protect Choice Ohio was getting signatures, and it was all one petition. Can you tell me what was the, like, the moment that the two groups decided that they had to work, you had to work together, and it was important that you work together? So I think that we've known that all along, and we really have been working together all along. I think that we, when we started, um, you know, we were really building this plane while we were flying it. And so there was, there wasn't a lot of time to figure out exactly how things were working as we were trying to 
keep ourselves in the air. But I think that when we officially, for so you mentioned that press conference, um, that was when we submitted the initial round of signatures together. And um, we had already been working together for some time before that on the language. Um, the language we had um, been working on, um, we pulled that language together and we brought all of our experts together, um, which we felt was very important that this language be something that we all feel is solid and strong and representative of what needs to be protected um, regarding people's rights to reproductive freedom in Ohio. So it really, I think we started working together really regularly um, with the language. And before that, we were meeting together and trying to figure out like, well, what are you doing? And what are you doing? And we're all trying to do the same thing, you know? And then once we were, once we had this, you know, language, it was very, you know, definite that like that, okay, this is, we are doing this together. We are presenting this language together to the attorney general's office. And that, that was really awesome. Well, it reminds me of the African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah. Very true. I love it. So we're celebrating the certification of the signatures. So tell us what is next. Yeah, this is next. Where's my sticker? (laughs) The uh, issue one, obviously, everybody's talking about that. So I'm sure everyone listening here is familiar with this issue one special election early votings going on now. Um, So we're doing everything we can to get people out to vote no uh, against issue one, either voting early or on election day, which is August 8th. Um, so that's, you know, one thing that we're we're not, you know, we're just sort of kind of trying to get everybody we know to help in some way. Um, but in the background, we are also um, devising our campaign so that we can plow forward towards November victoriously. Um, so that's been a lot of, you know, just a lot of meeting even more experts, more people who are wonderfully creative um, and resourceful and who can help us get to the finish line. So we've been doing a lot of that right now. So issue one would make it more difficult for this initiative to pass in November or any citizen-led ballot initiative. It would make it, um, instead of a simple majority of 50% plus one, it would become a 60% plus one. And then it would also require a percentage, I believe, what is it, 5% um, yeah. from all 88 counties instead of 44, which is what it is right now. And then it would um, eliminate the 10-day curing period where if folks come up short, they can go get more signatures. Like what's going on right now for the recreational marijuana um, yeah. initiative. They're mm-hmm. They came up short and they have 10 days to make make that up. And they were close. Like they were short by, you know, a few hundred votes and they needed 124,000, you know, I mean, (laughs) just a little. Right. So if issue one passes, it's going to be a much, much higher jump for everyone to get to and almost insurmountable in many, many ways. Mm -hmm. So all hands on, hands on deck we need to defeat issue one. It's not good for anyone. And it's not just about this initiative. It's about the gerrymandering initiative. It's about a minimum wage, raising a minimum wage. And it's about any citizen-led ballot initiative, which is already so hard to get. So our reproductive rights initiative 
is really hanging on the balance. So we need to all go to the polls and vote no on issue one in August. So what I am curious about is that when you drive in the rural areas of Ohio, you'll see yes for issue one. And how can we help provide medical care for rural women and to raise awareness that this, that issue one is not good for their healthcare, not good for their own needs? How can we reach out to rural voters? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I think I'm not, honestly, I have a hard time understanding why people would be in support of issue two, I mean, issue one, unless they are extremely anti-choice because it's clear that issue one was put on the ballot to stop our reproductive freedom amendment from moving forward. And with regard to every other aspect of democracy in Ohio, issue one is devastating. And I think that a lot of people, you know, unfortunately, these ad campaigns, um, ad campaigns are, are for these sorts of issues are very well-funded. So the vote yes on issue one campaign is extremely well-funded by powerful entities that are spreading a lot of misinformation and making people think, um, I think they're causing a lot of confusion about what issue one actually is. Um, And specifically that they're saying that issue one is um, supposed to stop special interests from amending our constitution when it's a special interest of an out-of-state billionaire that's funding this campaign. It's just, it's like doublespeak. Um, And so how does this impact women, especially rural women? Well, with specific regard to the Reproductive Freedom Amendment is if if the people who are pushing issue one are successful, they're going to make it a lot harder for us to be able to protect reproductive freedom in Ohio. Um, And, you know, I'm optimistic. So I see that if they were successful, I see us still winning. I'm just putting that out there. But if we didn't win, then Ohio, um, in Ohio, abortion would become illegal again, because we know that they would um, eventually the trigger ban, the six week ban would um, be lifted, the personhood bill would potentially go into effect, which would um, make people um, just you make it getting an abortion impossible in Ohio, and women would suffer and die. And in Ohio, we already have a hard time getting enough um, OBGYNs and physicians who can care for women, um, especially in the rural areas. There are places in Ohio where um, there's almost no medical care um, for obstetrics. And we've seen in other states how when these draconian laws are passed and the physicians feel as though they can't practice medicine in their state without worry of going to prison for murder, um, it it makes it really hard to recruit <laughs> good doctors to come to your state to practice medicine. And it makes it hard to recruit medical students and residents, um, you know, and so all of that will have a negative impact on the um, the well-being and health of women in the state, especially in rural areas. And so, you know, it's so important that we all go out and vote no on issue one, um, because this, we we must be able to pass reproductive freedom in November. And issue one is put on this special election in August, just at the time of year when nobody is paying attention intentionally um, to try to stop us 
And so that's, we all have to tell everyone we know um, to get out the vote, vote no and protect, protect the majority rule. All right. So when we defeat issue one in August 8th, Yes. <laughs> where will we put, where will the volunteers and um, folks that want to help out, where will be, we be needed um, to put our energies and our funds? What do you think, what, what, what's ahead of us? Yeah, great question. So we're going to continue to need our volunteers for the next three and a half months. Um, and um, anybody who is signed up to be a volunteer, whether it's through Protect Choice Ohio or Ohioans, um, for reproductive freedom or, you know, Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights, which is going to have a, a portal that's launching soon, um, we'll be able, we will be reaching out to and asking for help. We're going to need people to canvas, um, knock on doors. We're going to, and we're going to need people to, you know, hold events, um, celebrating how we're moving forward. We're probably going to have rallies. Um, we're going to, and we're going to have a lot of fundraising, of course, no surprise. Unfortunately, our opposition is is, you know, has limit limitless money. So we are going to need to do everything we can to raise money to fight back. Um, and so I know that like right now we are, um, we are working on putting a place where people can donate money straight into Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights. I don't think that that is um, activated yet, but both protectchoiceohio.com um, and Ohioans United for Reproductive or Ohio Ohioans for Reproductive Freedom um, are that are we are taking donations that will go toward Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights, um, and then but so any place you want to donate money to any of our organizations will go towards this. Um, so that is another thing. Um, you know, we've actually we've been having a lot of really wonderful um, house. Um, house events where we've been having speakers come to people's homes. Um, they're usually also fundraisers. And that's been a really great way to meet people and network and help spread the words in a very sort of grassroots style where we can tell people the latest things that we've been hearing, um, make friends, support the cause. So, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be just endless ways that we're going to need people. Um, but if you haven't already signed up to be a volunteer for any of our organizations, now's the time to do it. And I'm sure we're going to have a huge push again for um, Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights volunteers. All right, Dr. Bean, if there's one thing you can ask our listeners, what's the one thing you want them to take away from this conversation? I think the one thing I want people to take away from this conversation is that, you know, I wouldn't be here doing this if I didn't feel that it was absolutely imperative that a patient, that patients in Ohio, that people in Ohio be able to make their own healthcare decisions. And reproductive freedom is a huge topic. And it's the ability of a person to make choices about their healthcare and to be able to access absolutely necessary medical care. And the fact that the government and politicians are trying to get in the way of this is awful. And it's just another example of how our government is trying to take away people's personal autonomy. They're doing it also with this vote. No, they're trying their, they don't want the people to be making decisions about anything apparently. And that includes their healthcare. So we need to get everybody out in Ohio to protect our right to keep our voices and our healthcare decisions. Thank you so much, Dr. Bean.
Thank you. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio with Dr. Lauren Bean, co-founder and executive director for Ohio Physicians for Reproductive Rights, co-leader of the nonpartisan Grassroots Coalition, Protect Choice Ohio, and Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights Alliance. In addition to our 5 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, 91.9 FM in Columbus, Grassroot Ohio airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org, 92.7, 98.3 FM Columbus. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.